Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. Mark chapter 11. I'm not going to go long. Obviously, we don't have a ton of time. Um, but I, I just want to capture something, you know, just we, as we continue talking about the power of our words, the power of confession. If you're, if you're on the floor, please, no rush. Keep receiving. Just saturate. You know, that's <clears throat> really, that's, that's the importance of any of our services. When we get together, you know, our, our focus is worship hearing from the Lord and just and saturating in His presence is so vitally important that we learn to saturate, that we learn to receive, to turn off all the distractions, to turn off all the, and get rid of the obstacles and just come in boldly by faith, just come in and receive, just, just open up deep. Why don't we just do that? Why don't you just lift your hands where you're at? Just, just Lord, just one more time. We just quiet ourselves. Lord, we just quiet our hearts, and we open up, and Lord, we just say, fill us up. Fill me up, Lord. Lord, I thank you that I can come in boldly before your throne, Lord, and I I can just saturate. Lord, I don't have to get in any hurry. I don't have to have any uh, agenda or preconceived idea. Lord, I can just come in boldly before your throne and saturate in your presence just to receive, to drink deeply of your presence, to drink deeply of your goodness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So we just open up. Lord, we open up our hearts, we open up our inner man, Lord, we just drink. Lord, we drink in. Lord, we receive in more of your love, more of your goodness, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, there's an ocean. There's a boundless ocean of the love and the glory of the Lord that you can dive into. And I, it is so important as we just, you know, we have this culture in our, in our house, this, this culture of saturation, this culture of receiving and, and I just want to encourage you, you know, this is, this is something that we need to encourage one another in. Amen. This is something that we need to, to, to encourage one another, that we stay in a place of saturation. You know, we've got to encourage one another that we continually receive from the Lord. You know, a lot, we can get busy about everything that's going on. We can get sidetracked and distracted, but we've got to keep main things, main things, Right? And amen. And one of the main things here in our house is saturation. That we've got a, this this priority on receiving, being filled up, being saturated in the presence of the Lord. So continue to encourage one another in that. Encourage. I encourage you to do that. You know, of course, we make room for that in services. But it, you know, encourage one another to do likewise in small groups and and other. You know. Ministries in the in Night of Hope, all of it, you know. Night of Hope is a great opportunity to saturate. There's no no better place to saturate than at Night of Hope, and overflow, overflow. Mark chapter eleven. We're just going to continue on in the power of our words. If you missed Sunday's message, is it uploaded yet? Does anybody know? Is it up? Is it up on the podcast yet? Is it, can anybody tell me? 
it's not up. Is it going to be up? Yes, okay, it's on its way up. So let's, we need to get that up quickly. Because uh, this, this message, we started on Sunday. I want, I want you to get it. If, if you're watching via live stream or whatever the case is, I want you to get this uh, podcast and, and re-saturate re, uh, again. Re, relearn, keep digging in this word about the power of our words. So vitally important that we, that we dig deep in the, the confession of our faith. And so uh, here we're going to take a look in Scripture, Mark chapter 11, an example of this, a confession of faith. Uh, coming into, remember, what do we say the confession was? Homologio. It's coming into agreement with what God has already spoken. So tonight, let me, let me just give you an example of this. Um, as it happened live in, and was demonstrated before you, okay? Uh, during worship, the Lord spoke to me about what he wanted to do, what he was going to do in service night. One of the things that he said is that I want heaven to come down and touch touch earth. I want heaven to come in. I want the presence of heaven to come in tonight. And, and he and, and very specifically spoke to me about what he was going to do with the worship team. And so what is my what is my role when God speaks those things? I come into alignment with what he says. I got to come into alignment with what he's speaking and speak those things. When I come into agreement with what God is saying and I begin to speak out what God is saying, remember he endorses and enforces what he has spoken. And so heaven came down in an unusual, different. We've never had this happen. We've never, what took place tonight has never happened like this before. Sure, is there, is there singing in the spirit and spontaneous songs and all of that? Absolutely, we have that happen frequently. But it, not like it did tonight and not in the way that it did and not in the, 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 the atmosphere in which it did. And so it was, a, it was just God coming down in, what, in a way that he said he would. And so we've got to come into agreement with what he's saying, what he's speaking. So in Mark chapter 11... We find this story. It says, Now, uh, when the next day, the next day, when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. Talking about Jesus, he was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, Let no one eat fruit from you again. Now, this is, this is kind of humorous. Jesus is hungry. <clears throat> you know, this isn't some super spiritual lesson here. Jesus is just, he's hungry. And he goes to a fig tree, but here's, the, here's something that's interesting. He goes to a fig tree out of season and gets mad because it doesn't have fruit. <laughs> Sounds like a typical man, right? <laughs> goes, goes to the fig tree... Out of season and gets angry because there's no fruit. And, and he curses the fig tree and says, no one will ever eat fruit from you again. Now, fast forward with me. And I, I'm going to reference the verses that we skip. But, I, but I, I want you to fast forward for the sake of time to verse 22. Uh, let's go back to 20. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree. It was dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. And Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. 
For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask and when you pray, believe that you receive them, you will have them. Now, let me just remind you, and I said this on Sunday, is that I don't believe that confessions of faith are uh, self-serving. That's, we don't get the luxury to say of whatever we want, whenever we want, and God's just like the magic genie going to respond out of the bottle and give us whatever we've asked. I don't, I don't think that that's how this operates. However, there, are power, there is power, there's life and death in our tongue. Jesus came into alignment with what the Father was saying. He released a word and creation responded to it. He came to a fig tree that that he wanted to have fruit. Only Jesus can demand something supernatural in the course of natural living. You understand what I'm saying? Only Jesus can walk to something that is dead and fruitless and say, because of the resurrection, I am the resurrection and the life. Can he look at the the mess of our lives and, and say, fruit, come forth. The same Jesus, it's interesting, the same Jesus that caused fruitfulness in barrenness is looking at a fig tree and rebuking it and causing barrenness. Talk about the power of the word that is spoken. Y'all with me? I said, are y'all with me? Y'all are drinking, I know. It's, it's tough. It's heavy in here. Let's tune in your ears. He says, Whenever, whatever you say to this mountain, he says, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. Everybody say doubt. doubt. That wasn't everybody. Everybody say doubt. doubt. Here's what James chapter 1 says about doubt. But let him ask in faith, James chapter 1 verse 6. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. When you pray, when you ask, don't ask doubting. Why? Because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a what? What does it say? He's double-minded. He's a double-minded man. Here you have Jesus is speaking specifically about doubt. He's speaking specifically about the words that we speak have faith in God. The words that we are to be speaking are to originate where? Faith in God. It's that word of God deposited in our heart. And out of that, we speak the word of God without doubting. Without the doubting. When, when we operate in faith, we're not being tossed by what we see. Well, I'm glad somebody's with me. When, when we operate in faith, when we operate in faith and we, we're speaking the word of God in faith, we're not, we're not swayed, we're not double-minded by what we see in the natural. So when you're speaking words of life, words of faith, 
when you're confessing the word of God, it is as sure to you, remember what faith is. It's that guarantee of the unseen. It's the reality of God that's more real than the natural. The reality of God has become more real than the natural. And you begin to speak and declare the things of God over your present circumstance, over your present situation. And so what that tells me then is that as a, as a child of God, I don't have to, I, I'm not operating, I'm not speaking according to the natural situation. If I'm speaking according to what I see in the natural, I'm double-minded. How does, that, how does that work? In, in, when I'm operating in faith in God, I'm speaking what He says over that situation, and I can't waver between the two. When I'm operating in faith in God, I can't, keep, I can't jump ship and go back from one world to the next. Either what God says is true, and it overrides the present, or the present is true, and God's not powerful enough to overcome the present. So I can't keep going back and forth. When I'm speaking and confessing the word of God, it is, it is or it isn't. Jesus looked at the fig tree and said, be cursed. Either, there, either that fig tree was going to wither up and die or it wasn't. What God said was going to happen or it wasn't. Are you following? So we don't doubt in our hearts. Now it's interesting that he uses... This analogy, James uses this analogy about the wave of the sea. That he who, who, who doubts is being driven by the wave of the sea. That, that trend, whatever the wave of the sea is, the latest trend, the latest fad, the latest issue, the latest storm in your life. They're being driven by the wave. Are you, are you following me? I'm just baby-stepping it here. So I, I want to make sure you're, you're getting this. When, when you and I are driven by doubt, we are, we are being driven by the, the wave of life, the trial, whatever the circumstance is. But if you look in James chapter 3, James teaches us, and I, I mentioned it on Sunday, but James teaches us, about what the tongue is like. The tongue is like a rudder on a ship that steers the course of the ship. And so you can either be a ship that's on the ocean tide being tossed by the storm and the trial through doubt, or you can operate in faith and begin to confess the word of God over your situation and allow the rudder of your mouth, the rudder of your faith, to begin to steer your ship. If you find that life is tossing you to and fro, what are you talking about? What confession is coming out of your mouth? Is your conversation always about the ugly and, and the waves or are you confessing the word of God? Because if you begin to confess the word of God, you begin to speak the word of God, you begin to worship who God is, declaring his glory, all of a sudden things shift, something turns on in your ship, and, and, the, and the words that you're speaking, the word of faith, begins to direct your life. Instead of looking at the sickness and, and worrying about the sickness and, and depressed about the sickness and tossed to and fro because of illness, now you look at the sickness square in the face, assured by the, by the word of God and say, by his stripes I am healed. Again, this is not mind over matter. This is the reality of Christ 
This is the reality of his word that supersedes the natural. His word is supernatural. It's spirit inspired. It, it, it's, it, it's above the natural order. Remember, God spoke and created the worlds, and so he's above the natural. Y'all following? So we got to tune in with faith and not be tossed to and fro. We, we don't doubt. We jump back to Mark 11. He says, Surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he has. He will, he will have whatever he says. The problem here is that most of us have much of what we say. So if you begin to talk about, speak about the Word of God, things change. He says, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. And you will have them. This isn't complex. This, is not, this isn't some uh, complex mathematical equation. It's very simple. Are we operating in faith? Are we operating according to the word of God? Are we operating according to what he says? The difficulty becomes we don't know what God is saying. We don't have a rhema word in our heart because we're not listening. We're not tuning into the Holy Spirit who's revealing that rhema word. If we begin to tune in, we'll hear. Now, let me, let me jump back real quick on this verse. A uh, couple things. I, I mentioned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego on Sunday. And, and they, they weren't doubting. They weren't doubting. When, when, when they went into the fiery furnace, what happened? We will worship God only. We are not going to bow to you. And even if he doesn't save us, we still ain't doing it. Is that what they said? Okay. They went in on faith. They were not being double-minded. Double-minded in that situation. Well, I don't know. Well, Nebuchadnezzar, we won't worship you if he comes and saves us. If he doesn't, then we'll bow down. There was, no, there was no plan B. This, was, this is what it was. We will not bow. And on the word of God, they stood. I think about, if you go back to Job 19. Job had wonderful friends. The enemy was attacking him and, and, and friends and all this. You know, it was a wonderful situation. And Job in, in, in Job 19... He says, oh, that my words were written. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book. Notice that he has, there's such an assurance of what he was getting ready to say. There was such a, a faith that he, he wanted what he was going to say to be inscribed indelibly. There was, do you, do you follow the, the power of speaking through faith and not doubting? Are you catching this? He says, I know. I know that my Redeemer lives. 
I know that my Redeemer, not that, well, I hope he does, and I hope that he's going to see me through this, or, or maybe someday I'll get through this trial, or maybe God will, maybe God will deal with my friends, or you know, maybe he'll, he'll fix this somehow. No, he said, I know. So much assurity in, in knowing this, I wish somebody would write it down so they would never be removed. And, of course, God captured it and put it in indelibly. I know my Redeemer lives, no matter what I face. Maybe that's a confession that you need to make over your life. I know my Redeemer lives. This situation may be difficult, and my family may be difficult, but my Redeemer lives, and He shall stand at last on the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know. This I know. Making a confession. I know. This is an assurance in my heart. It is good is done. Job, one of the patriarchs who saw through the ages of time, said that in my flesh I shall see God. I, I'm not, he, he wasn't just talking about a day when he was going to die and his body would go in the ground and return to dust and, and then he would see God in heaven. I, he bypassed all of that and said... In my flesh, he's going forward through time. There's a, there's a time where Christ will reign and I will see him in my flesh. I will stand with him at last on the earth. Did you catch that? He's, I'm going to stand with God on the earth. What time is he talking about? He's talking about the reign of Christ on the earth. He's talking about the millennial reign of Christ on the earth. He's Job, who is one of the, the oldest book in the Bible. Go all the way back. Patriarch of the faith. Sees through the ages of time by faith and declares a word concerning the millennium. I'll stand with God on the earth. There's coming a day. I'm going to stand with him. When he splits the Mount of Olives open, I'm going to be there. That's powerful stuff. Man, I hope you're getting this. I hope you're seeing this. Does not doubt in his heart. Does not doubt. I'll see him for myself. I don't know about you, but I'm going to see him for myself. So he says. Now, I just want to, I want to wrap up here but one of the one of the thoughts here you see what was Jesus doing in the in the verses we didn't read what was he doing he went in the temple and began to overturn the tables mark chapter 11 the verses we didn't read he was on his way he was in bethany he was on his way to the temple in jerusalem and he goes into the temple and he begins to overturn the tables cast out the money changers and he makes this declaration. My house shall be called a house of prayer. He was looking for fruit. And there was none. He was looking for fruit from his people. And there was none. What is prayer? It is the confession of faith. It's the intercession by faith, declaring the word of God, speaking the promises of God, interceding and praying. The very thing that his house was created to be, it didn't have. It didn't, they were not functioning in, in understanding of their confession of faith 
through prayer. They were too busy exchanging money and doing rites and rituals and doing things that, 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 that it wasn't intended. And Jesus overturned the tables. He got mad. They didn't produce it. They weren't producing the fruit they should have been producing. I wonder if, if God were to come and look at the fruit of our lives, specifically as it relates to what we are confessing, what we are speaking, I would imagine that much of the fruit that would be missing is missing because we haven't learned how to confess, how to come into agreement, into alignment, and speak the word of God. Fruit is certain when you speak the word of God. My word will not return void. It must produce fruit. It must. It cannot not create So when you begin to speak the word of God, fruit, creation, begins to happen. Isn't that awesome? When you look over that family situation, you begin to speak. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you're, man, you know that verse that I read on Sunday morning. That my father brings me out of poverty. You find yourself stuck in a cycle of lack and brokenness and, and broke bank accounts and all those. My father brings me out of poverty. Why is it? I just have a, I'm wrapping up, I promise. Why is it that we get excited and we can shout, I know my Redeemer lives. Woo, bless God. But we start saying, My father brings me out of poverty, and you can hear a mouse chirp in church. (laughs) It's true. We're good with Jesus is Lord, but is he Lord enough to break the poverty and the lack? I'm just just saying. I'm just... just, do Do we have faith or not? Do we have faith or not? Do we have the is is that in the Bible or isn't it? It's there, isn't it? My my father brings me out. When you begin, I, I'm not going to stay long on this, but when you begin to when you begin to speak the word of God about Him bringing you out of poverty, guess what? The first thing He's going to guess what's going to be produced in you to be a tither. <laughs> I promise. I promise. If you start speaking over your life, God, I'm, I'm going to, uh, my God brings me, my Father brings me out of poverty. Guess what? You, if you start confessing and coming into alignment with the Word of God over that, it, something's going to start clicking in your heart. And those, that stony heart with generosity is going to start to break loose. And you're going to realize, my Father, my Father, my Father. Why would I withhold anything from my father? My father brings me out of poverty. My father, my father, he's a father to the orphan. My father, what? He has not only adopted me in, but my father takes care of me. Then all of a sudden, that, that stingy heart starts breaking loose. 
generosity starts flowing. And, and as you begin to release, God begins to pour back. It's just, yeah. that's the principle. That's how it works. That's how it works. Give and it shall be given. Oh, goodness. Don't even give me. Give and it shall be given. That's another principle. That's another just basic faith principle. Give. Give. And what? It shall be given. Shaken down. Press, press down. Running over. Sifted it out, pushing it down. Give. Yeah, give. So simple. Give and it shall be given. Is this helping you tonight? Hallelujah. Let him ask. Not doubt in his heart. Mountain will be cast into the sea. What mountain are you facing? Stand with me. Why don't you stand with me? What mountain are you facing? I'm asking for you to think about that mountain right now. What mountain are you facing? You're watching a live stream. What mountain are you facing? What is the mountain that you're facing in your life? What is the mountain that you're facing? Y'all can come on up. What mountain are you facing? Are you speaking over that mountain? Are you speaking life over that mountain? Are you speaking life over that mountain? Look this way. Are you speaking life over that mountain? Are you confessing the word of God over that mountain? (laughs) Shall live and not die. I shall live and not die. I will see the goodness of the Lord. What is it that you're saying? Is anybody out there tonight? Are you speaking life? Over that mountain. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Y'all can move. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.